Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Adam Carter, Jordana Green. You two flip-flop more than a crappie on the floor of my boat. Love often will bloom in the woods of northern Wisconsin in the summertime. My beautiful, smoking hot wife, Jennifer. It's time for Adam and Jordana on News Talk 830 WCCO. Was that a buzzer suggesting my wife is not smoking hot? How dare you, sir? Nah, I was just getting get warmed up in case How we do a quiz you? today. Cause oh. That's usually the sound we hear if we do a quiz. Well, I can't do the quiz. Jordana's not ah, here. I am really? solo today. Hello, Jor? Hello? Jor's off today and Monday. So I was all ready to come out and just rip. Rip, uh, rip our uh, Loserville, Minnesota, and it continues with Leslie Fema. She was one of two contestants for the Golden Bachelor last night, and she lost. Minnesota loses again, and I was ready to tongue-in-cheek, kind of rip her. But then, you know, I read the article about it. And here's my question to uh, the listening audience. You know, a broken heart is... It's not a question. A broken heart is a broken heart. And I don't care if you're a teenager uh, finding love for the first time or an octogenarian uh, who loses someone late in life, whether it's from death or passed over. So why would we poke fun at someone whose heart was broken, especially on national television? Who are we to point fingers and say, oh, come on, it's fake, it's entertainment. How do we know that, Dave? We don't know that. But You, you haven't heard the clips we're going to play yet, have you? Uh, I've, I've, um, I haven't heard them. Okay. I'm aware of them. Why, are you suggesting that the clips will change my mind? Well... It's building, I'm now building with anticipation to hear them. But here's the thing. So she was up. We talked about it yesterday. And I think, I think Jordan knows her. Uh, Leslie Fema, 64-year-old from Minneapolis. Uh, one of two finalists. Teresa Nist, 70-year-old widow from New Jersey. The other one. Uh, trying to win the love of Gary Turner. The Golden Bachelor. 72 years old. And it was down to the two, and I guess... Now, I did not watch. Dave, I'm assuming you probably weren't glued into the Golden <laughs> uh, Bachelor. Uh, no. Either last night or during the entirety of its run. But I've been told from sources who've watched it, <laughs> saying that it seemed that Leslie was the pick, that going into the finale, that if you were a betting person, you would have laid your dollars down for our own Leslie Fema. And she was blindsided last oh. night. By Gary. Uh, let's hear it. Let's hear the moment where uh, Leslie Fema finds out in front of na- a national audience the, 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 that her heart has been crushed. I have fallen in love with Trusa. And that's the direction I'm going to take. So everything you told me the other night was a lot. You know, it wasn't 
know why? Yeah, what? Because at that time, that was the truth. Oh. Things have changed. Things have evolved. I knew it. Is that, wait a I minute. knew the minute I saw you today. Is that, is that Donald Trump talking? <laughs> Because at the time it was at the, the truth. time of at my the time I told that was the, uh, that was the truth. I did love you, and again I uh, I'm finding this. I don't want to poke fun at her. I'm poking fun at him because how can it be? How can at the time it was the truth? Some something so significant as love, and it is significant falling in love. Are you telling me that you can change that from uh, <laughs> like within two days? You're he- Madly in love with someone? You can change it over a three and a half minute commercial break. <laughs> so, a uh, broken heart is a broken heart. Who are we to judge Miss FEMA? Leslie FEMA. Um, crushing. You're laughing. What, I should not, so, you, why are you laughing at me? You know, uh, are you thinking I'm not serious, or are you thinking that this is not serious? Um, I think I, I both. Think both of those things are true. I think you're working very hard to give this a real shot. Here's, but here's and why: pretend it's Here, not all you know scripted and contrived. She went out, picked her dress, had the vows. <laughs> here's why: yeah. I, to me, I, I'm hesitant to do much uh, poking of fun. They quote her son in the Star Tribune article. They reached out to her son Eli Fema, and could you, that you know why that why I'm hesitant because I, then I put myself in Eli's place. What if my mother um, were on national television and had her heart broken in front of millions of viewers? Would I feel I would be crushed? I would feel terrible for my mother, and that's why I sympathize. Can't we put each other? Can't we put? Uh, somebody else's shoes on in this instance and say, look, we feel bad for this woman. Wouldn't you, if your mom was out there and a national television decided to say, you know, Dave, I'm going out for the... Uh, are we pretending that this is real and we care about it? or we- Are you suggesting it's not, <laughs> sir? <laughs> um, I mean, the Check still cashes, and she's probably going to be the next bachelorette, and we can go on. There a could nice, be a few. Uh, the people are a speculating. Nice vacation with all that uh, money. People speculating she could. They could come back with the golden bachelorette, and that she would. That's usually how it works with mm-hmm. the bachelor, right? The loser gets the show the next year. So actually, the second to last person is probably better to be the loser because. They probably see you've got a little something, something Your to be. Fame continues. Fame continues. You get to carry another on. fifteen. You get another minutes. round at it. Um, Leslie was wrong for him. Only a, only widow understands a widower. Believe I know. So people are chiming in here. Um, I would love phone calls on this because I did not see it. I, these shows don't really appeal to me, but I understand why they appeal to people. And certainly, this is a concept that actually you can poo-poo it all you want. And we're sitting here kind of making fun of it. But it's a great concept to try to get eyeballs onto television. Yes. Because there's a, again, love isn't just for the young. Love is for the old. And that comment from the texter there that a widower only, uh, a widow only understands a widower, I think there's probably some truth to that. That if you have that pain of losing someone, that someone who shares that pain, that is probably a connection. Well, and the pain wasn't just hers. Of course, the, the bachelor was really distraught about it. Can I, 
Can I play you that clip? Sure. Let's okay. See. okay. This is so. What are you setting this up? Is what now? This uh, is a. This is the bachelor. He's distraught over. He's distraught. Garrett. Gary is distraught over okay. having to send Let's hear Leslie home. You okay? No, I'm not okay. I took a good person and broke their heart. I took a really good person and broke their heart. I hate myself and I hate everything right now. I think the only time I've ever felt worse in my whole life is when my wife passed away. And this is a close second. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> now, the memory of Gary's wife, and I'm that's awful and sad and tragic to, to lose someone like that. And I certainly wouldn't poke fun and make fun of someone losing that. But, but I believe, I mean, look, they set it up to be, I mean, the, you're sending somebody home. It's not like, okay, if Gary would have found somebody on the first date and said, oh, this is the one I know. Well, we don't have a show. Are you, defend, are you defending that comparison where he's comparing his wife who passed away of I'm cancer saying that, to him saying goodbye to somebody he met a month ago? I'm saying if he said that, I have, uh, I have to believe him. Um, let's take a break. Nine eighteen. Are you with me? Are you? I, I don't want to make fun of, of the, those involved. I, I'm willing to believe that he is truly crushed. I just don't know why he's whispering, but. <laughs> Uh, six five one four six one nine two two six. Do you believe that uh, he truly was in love and that it really crushed him to make that move, or was it just a TV bit? Uh, your calls and texts next on CCO. So I'm going to start with this text, um, which raises a good point. I didn't watch the show and I didn't see this, but is it an anti-older woman prejudice? Like you don't have to care about her feelings because she is irrelevant because of her age. And in that vein, I would argue that the show is beneficial to older Americans because it reveals. I think there. I think older people probably suffer from that. Uh, well, you know, I mean. You're older in life. You're just looking for some companionship. There's really, uh, you know, at that certain age, I mean, what what is the left to be gained? And it shows us that love is love no matter what age you're at. And it's just because if you're 20 and you find the love of your life, you can also be 60, 70, 80 and still find the love of your life, even if you've lost that love. I know there's people out there that say, well, there's there's only one person for me, and that that is that person. But if you lose that person, are you open to finding somebody else? Um, somebody else saying, "Where's dear Jordana when you need her the most?" Yeah, we'll save some of these questions for uh, next Thursday. Adam in Robbinsdale uh, has called in on the city's one plumbing talk and text line. Now, Adam, I, I, are you were you uh, glued into this show? I'm feeling like uh, this is out of your wheelhouse. Am I wrong? Yeah. No, you're right. Spot on. Two things real quick. I do the laundry in the house now on 17 weeks a year because I get to do. That's right. Back to our question yesterday. Yeah. On Sunday. Nice. So that's what allows me to watch nine hours. Uh, and also, Bill from Wilmer was my. That calls in once in a while. Yeah. Or texts in. Bill, he was my elementary school principal. Really? Bill Benson? Down in Southeast Minnesota. Yeah. And he gave me my first technical fall in basketball in ninth grade. Anyway, to the point. Wow. <laughs> so many worlds colliding. What's going on? Yep. So he's crying because he's exposed as being a gigantic donkey hole. 
Really? So, to a point, my uncle is an actor, and he was on this show on Lifetime, and um, he his character did a turn for the worse. And women on the street would go up to him and confront him. And this was a fictional character. Yeah. This is a real life guy. Yep. He's going to show his face on the street and he's been exposed. And to your point, like he did, I've seen clips on YouTube. I did not watch the whole thing because it's the talk of the town, right? Obviously with the, the local connection. And so I looked in and I was like, what a jerk. You know, he did mess with her and all these things. And if, if that guy ever shows up, even at the airport on a layover, which obviously he's supposed, and he's also been exposed kind of as a fraud too. Yeah. He had like a deli in Des Moines. So, but I think he's <laughs> he got crocodile tears because he's been exposed. Yeah. He can't walk the streets without being confronted. Uh, great point, Adam. Uh, thank you very much for the call. Uh, call in any time, as always. That's Adam from Robbinsdale. Uh, it is drama. Right. I mean, the, there are producers. This, this uh, We've learned a long time ago that reality television, there isn't a lot of reality to reality television. Let's just be honest. But he raises a good point in that. It's just like politicians, everything else. You, you expose yourself to becoming a public figure, and that that's something you wear. And especially a, a widower like this, you hope his family was fully on board with all this. Because, I mean, that's even when a loved one, you know, starts to date again after losing a, a, someone, you know, that's that's a very difficult decision for a lot of people to make, and a lot of and it's a and because mainly they wonder like what their loved ones, what their children or others uh, are. The, not only are you ready to move on, are they ready to move on? I mean, don't you have to go into this though, viewing it as. I'm accepting a role as an actor on a show. Yeah. And it part of that acting involves who I am as a person. But at the end of the day, I have been hired to be an actor on a show. And when I am done with that show, some of that may stick with me, but some of it might not. Yeah. It might just go into the wind and be part of a TV program, which isn't necessarily part of my life. Uh, the whole thing seems weird to me. This is from a texter in the City's One Plumbing Talk and text line, 651-461-9226. I know matchmakers have been around for a long, long time, but the thing for me is he got to choose from all of them, and they had no, cho- and they had no choice but him. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird dec- That's not how usually you find love. You know, it's just... We don't do that. We don't like in normal life. You don't get, well, here's 20 women, Adam. Uh, uh, try them all out and like, let's see which one you find a connection with. I, yeah, that's very, also quite sexist too. And I know we have bachelorettes too and that they uh, can pick from the bachelors. Um, but it, it's very, but, and again, which raises the question though, back to my original question, how much do we believe uh, in Leslie Fema's tears? I do. I'm sorry. I think that Jen, I think if you're put in that position and you know it's a reality show, you, but you can't help but get connected to that guy and feel like this is, and yes, I, you know, if a psychologist looks at that, says it's probably not a natural, true love connection. You're probably swept up in the moment. You're swept up in the television show and your feelings aren't exactly legitimate feelings, okay? But does that make the heartbreak any less real? 
It might make it quicker to get over. As anybody who's dealt with a broken heart knows, it's not an easy thing to get over. And it takes time. Time heals, they say. So will time heal quickly for Leslie Fema? Uh, Leslie cho- chose to be on TV knowing this could happen. I thought Leslie had too much history that didn't match to Jerry, Gary. excuse me. And if I was Teresa, I would get to the bottom of Gary supposedly lying. He was nobody after his wife passed away. That's from a text or somebody how clearly was uh, clearly glued into the show. Uh, hi, Adam. One would have to believe that none of these people ever watched the show before, had no idea there was only one rose at the end. Have a fabulous day. Well, I think they all knew what was going into this. Uh, here's another texter. Curiosity got the best of me. I watched for the first time last night. It is such trash. Why would anyone? Why would any woman put herself in that position without realizing it's pure show? I'm guessing Leslie understood that. <laughs> if so, it's poor acting at best. She did herself and all women a disservice. His crying was so stupid. It was chauvinist, not healthy. I don't think she did. I, I disagree with the part about her doing a, a, all women a disservice. Again, I think the. If you take it for what it's worth and look at the, that that contest, no matter what age group, uh, is it beneath the play, is it beneath us as a society? Maybe, but it's not like we force those people to do that. They know that it's entertainment, uh, but again, that doesn't prevent them from actually getting caught up in the moment and get draw having feelings for these people, which is what happens. But that being said, in this particular instance, because the show is older Americans, I would argue, too, though, that it helps older generations, too. And if it encourages people to, you know what, I'm still available, I still want to find love, even if I've lost someone or I've had bad relationships in the past, I think it gives people of that age motivation to say, I'm, I'm really struggling here to try to defend this show, by the way, as you can see. But I, uh, <laughs> but we just had a text yesterday from one of our faithful listeners who said, I, I'm, he was in his 60s and admitted he's a virgin. And Jordan, that was a dear Jordana question. Jordana and I, we thought about that text after the show for a while saying, you know, A, it takes somebody a lot to admit that, but B, not that you feel sorry for that person, but you wonder what 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 are they missing out on? And the point is, you still have life left, and you can still live that life. And if love a part of that, or just you know, screwing around part of that, whatever it is, you do you. So bravo, Leslie Fema, bravo, Gary, the Golden Bachelor, and bravo to your new uh, bride to be. God bless you all. And maybe we'll see you down the road on The Bachelorette. It's 9.30. Uh, a hard transition. We talked yesterday, too, about a drop in local newspapers. Not surprising, but we had a guest a while ago who is saying, the heck with that. We love local newspapers. In fact, we own four of them. Are they still relevant? And is this just a kind of a, a niche business? Or are they really trying to make a go of it? We'll find out next on CCO. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. So probably not shockingly, uh, the number of local newspapers has plummeted, uh, not only in Minnesota, but uh, across the country. In fact, in Minnesota, 34% of uh, small-town newspapers have been lost, and big newspapers have been lost since 2005. So why would you get in the business of small-town news, specifically newspapers? Is it viable at all? That's why we bring uh, Jeff and Michelle Van Hee into the conversation. They own four small town newspapers so jeff that's my question to you why do you do it is it more of like a kind of a a hobby like a niche thing or is this something actually that you think is absolutely viable still well thanks adam um yeah it's absolutely viable and uh obviously depending on different parts of the state i think the population density has something to do with it but we sort of fell into our lap in a sense because michelle my wife who's on with us she was a freelance writer for the local newspaper or something to do when she was a stay-at-home mom. And, uh, yeah, I send up the owner of the paper, asked her to be the editor, and she decided at one point to, that she'd step into that, and then he wanted to move on and get some health things going on and offered to sell us the paper. And we looked at it and we said, you know what, we, we love the community, and the paper is an important part of the identity of the community, and let's do it. So that was about 10 years ago. <laughs> and what paper are you talking about? What was that original one, and now how many do you own? Uh, the original one was is the Medelia Times Messenger. And uh, we own four now. And the other three papers, the Comfrey Times, Darfur Gazette is one, the Hanska Herald is one, and the Lake Crystal Tribune. And uh, we, we've, I guess, accumulated those over the last uh, five years, six years, and uh, and Michelle probably can fill you in some of that. She, she's the editor, publisher, writer, reporter. <laughs> I'm sort of the back-end support, <laughs> do some sales. <laughs> well, the, Michelle, let, let me ask you that, because that's the struggle that a lot of newspapers have, is just the staffing. How, 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 how do you pay people to do the work that needs to be done to keep a, a paper viable? So how do you do that, and uh, do you employ people? How many do you have, and how, how, do, you, how do you make it work? We, we do um, have people on staff and we have amazing people on staff and and that is that is the challenge i think that that is one thing that small town papers in particular um sees the challenge is yes getting people who you know have the skills um are willing to work and and yeah i mean we try to be as competitive as we can with salary um Competitive with who? Let me ask you that. Like, oh, oh, well, who's your competition to keep keep people on staff? Where would they? Where else would they go if they weren't working for you? It depends on the on the you know the the skill level. I mean, you know, our, our office manager, you know, she, you know, she's got great skills. She could probably work a lot of different places. Our ad designer, um, obviously, you know, she would have a lot of uh, viable skills for a variety of positions. But the one thing that we try to offer that we hope 
um, you know, gives us a little bit of an edge is, is A, we genuinely care about people. We want them to have a life. We try to be incredibly flexible um, in how they work, where they work, um, you know, and, and it's a family atmosphere. These aren't people that work for us. They are, you know, they're, they're part of our family now. Um, I just, I think, I remember seeing some statistic a while ago that people were more interested in having, you know, a flexible work schedule and being able to have more control over their time. And that was more interesting to them actually than, than money, whether that's still true or not. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure, but I feel that way. And I think that the people that work with us do and, and we do ask ask a lot. We started with one paper. We now have four, and we really have not increased our staffing at all. <laughs> um, so that tells you right there what amazing people we have around us. And we simply could not do what we do, not only with the, without the staff that we have, um, but also you really need a a passion and a love for the communities that you're serving yes, and you need a buy-in from those communities. Yep. And I feel like, you know, maybe we just, you know, live in a magical land where all those things came together, but we feel very, very blessed because we do care about each and every community that we serve. And, you know, we look at them as, as people, it's not just a town, but you look at the people and the people that are, you know, doing the events and having the things and each of our communities is, is unique. But the one thing that is common to each one of them is that they really care about their community. Um, and, and they have a buy-in, like they care about the paper and they're supportive. So they buy the paper, they read the paper, they advertise in the paper. And, and it's a very, um, you know, those things have to go yeah. hand in hand. Um, so we're very lucky that way that we have extremely wonderful communities that we serve. Um, and, and we try to do right by them. We're talking. Um, so it's, it's very, um, oh gosh, it's really, but you know, it's all those components have to come together and yeah. it's not always easy. Uh, um, we're talking to uh, Jeff and Michelle Van He. They own uh, sm- four small newspapers in Minnesota. We're reacting to the story about the drop in local news coverage. Jeff, the, you, you keep yep. mentioning you know people buy the paper, people read the paper. So, do you still uh, physically print that paper, or do are more people just getting it online? No, we actually have. Um, well, more people have um subscribed and gotten it uh delivered digitally mm-hmm. than in the past. And then, and that's probably gonna be a little bit of a trend going forward. But the bulk of our subscriptions, um eighty percent, are still delivered oh. uh in the hard copy. And uh there are other issues that come with that and that, you know, we you may know and people that are listening probably know there's been lots of issues with the postal service and delivery. Yeah. And so we've had to deal with Paper, you know, could we try to? We want to be timely as possible. We're are these weekly papers? Are these week all weeklies? Yeah, they're all weeklies. Yeah, yep. And you know, scales to economy a little bit of business there is that they they all come out on the same day and they're done printed at the same printer and they print you know back to back to back to back. So it's not like we're doing four papers four separate days. 
Michelle, here's the question that it boils down to, and when some people might, even the people who live in small towns might say, is that, well, you know, I get, I get all the news I need on my phone now. I subscribe, you know, obviously I follow obviously major news organizations or I follow the Star Tribune or local television stations and they give me what I need. What is your argument to say we're still, we still matter and this is why our smaller paper still matters? That's a great question. And the truth of it is, is, you know, unless something, you know, big happens in your town, you know, like half your downtown burns down, like happened to Medelia in 2016, Mm -hmm. um, those big news organizations aren't coming to our town. But you know what? The things that are happening here still matter. The local sports, the local service clubs, um, you know, our razzle-dazzle parade, in Medelia, and then, you know, each community has something that's unique to them, and those bigger organizations aren't coming, and they're not covering that day-to-day life, those important events that maybe aren't national newsworthy, but are important to people's day-to-day lives, and that's where we come in, and we we do care about that. We are covering that. We're going, you know, we're, the local things that are happening that matter in people's everyday life that are happening at the city level, the county level, the school level, you know, that's where we come in and, you know, and people are great about submitting things, you know, Mm -hmm. the, you know, the things that are happening in people's day-to-day lives that you're not going to find anywhere else. One of my favorite things is I find that, um, you know, pictures are really big. We love putting pictures in our paper um, and people love seeing those, but, uh, kids of all ages and even adults, people love seeing their picture in the yes. paper and yep. they still do. And that warms my heart. Like we take so many pictures, little kids, like when I go to the elementary school to cover, say the Christmas concerts coming up, the kids will see me and they recognize me and they will say hi. And they're like, oh, you come and take our picture. And I'm like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And they'll see us about town, you know, and, and, the other communities and we go, you know, to the, like right now, or, you know, each town has its Christmas celebration, you know, and Santa's going to visit each one of them on a different day. And we're going to go and we're going to take those pictures of those kids with Santa because that's a huge deal. Santa's coming to each of their towns and Hanska, he arrives on a fire truck. How cool is that? <laughs> I mean, come on, you know, is, are the bigger papers coming to cover that? They are not, nope. but you know what we are because that's a big deal. Those kids, some of those kids, that's the first time they're seeing Santa, and he's sitting right in their community center. He came to their town on a fire truck, and they are dazzled by that. And those are the things that we want to be there for, that we want to capture, that still are viable, still are important. And a bigger news organization, you know, is not coming. Yeah. But that's what that's where that viability of the small town, local people who still care about the things that are happening in, you know, in people's lives every day. That would be my argument for what is important and what isn't viable for, you know, for local, because maybe our towns are small, but what's happening here is not unimportant. Right. I love that. And that's a great answer. I think let's leave it there. I I, I know we've talked to you before. We'll probably talk to you again at some point. I love checking in with you guys because I love this story too. And that it, it is so important because it does matter and you nail it about, because I think back to the time 
when I was in high school and even in the suburbs, we had the sun current and playing, playing sports. I got my picture in in the paper. It was like, that was a big deal. And guess what? That clipping of that photo is still in a photo book somewhere because I was in the paper. It's so critical to that. Thank you both for what you're doing. And, um, we'd love to chat uh, again at some point, uh, quickly again, the names of your papers and where we can find them. We are Medelia Times Messenger, Hanska Herald, Comfrey Times slash Darfur Gazette, and Lake Crystal Tribune. And you can get them uh, if you go to vanhemedia.com. They're all available uh, to, to see there. And obviously we have digital subscriptions at vanhemedia.com. We'll check it out. Thank you both. Have a great all Christmas. Right. Yep. Thanks for Thank you. Sure. Thanks, Jeff and Michelle Van He and the importance of small town newspapers. It's nine forty nine. Couple of texts coming in, and we got to set up our uh, our holiday showdown today. It involves a little uh, little imbibing. We'll find out next. A Christmas story versus Elf. Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh my God! I know him. Turkey or ham? Real versus fake tree? Fun topics. Serious opinions. Now on Adam and Jordana, let's debate how things should be done in an audience participation bit we're calling the Holiday Baking Championship. The Holiday Showdown. All right, here we go. And this one, uh, not really, uh, we've kind of, we're kind of playing loose with the Holiday Showdown this year. And in fact, I like to expand it rather than just have, we still have the, you know, do you like this or that, real tree or fake tree? But I also like just conversational showdowns. And here's one today that's right up my alley <laughs> that involves uh, spirits, the spirits of Christmas. If you imbibe during the holiday season, and I know a lot of people don't, a lot of people decide that that's not their thing, or some people are obviously uh, in the program, you know, or uh, have had problems with alcoholism. We're certainly aware of those people too, which c- can be tough during the holidays. But if you are imbibing, if you like a little cocktail, during the holiday season, what's your go-to holiday cocktail? DJ, you were very excited to talk about that. Because you're an eggnog guy. Uh, I have become an eggnog guy, and I think I... I like the concept of eggnog. It always looks appealing to me. Yes, I'm like, And I think I've had it. I just don't know if I've had it a lot. That's who I used to be, of like, oh, I'm excited about eggnog, and then I have... One and you taste or two, it like, yeah. and it's just a little it's like too pancake batter. But here's it? here's what I've discovered: is that I the straight eggnog right out of the jug is too much. But I really <laughs> enjoy it mixed with it's good, uh, it's good, it's good. You know, mixed with some brandy. Ooh, and then uh, you stir that up, and then you put a generous amount of nutmeg on nutmeg. top. Now is that what and is a Tom and that. Jerry? Somebody texted right away. Tom and Jerry. Well, we'll have I've, to look that up. You'll have to look it up. I've never had a Tom and Jerry. I, that, I know that's you, another you, creamy. Sweet I was going to say you might beverage. be onto a Tom yeah. and Jerry there. The other thing I really enjoy is my wife will make eggnog lattes. So Ooh. it's espresso, and oh, yeah. then you take the eggnog in there. Yeah. and froth that up. Yep. And, uh, that's really good. When I was at my um, in-laws' house with all the. Uh, teetotaling relatives over <laughs> yes. Thanksgiving. Well, that's it. I may have poured myself some uh, eggnog and then got, got went downstairs for a minute. For a that's it. Here's the thing, and this is uh, see, this is why this is a great conversation yeah. piece, and we're going to continue it after the news here. But for years, you know, my grandmother Nana, my Nana, my Norwegian grandmother, mm-hmm. alcohol was not part mm. of the holiday celebrations. Christmas Eve, nobody had any alcohol. Wow, and it wasn't until later she got. She passed away, and then we started hosting, 
And my mom reluctantly was like, I don't want... And finally, it was enough people saying, Mom, we can have a few beers on a holiday or a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. So that was a that was a big change. Yeah. And I think a lot of people probably still have that. Say, you know what? Mm-hmm. We do alcohol-free, and that's fine, too. That's, I mean... you. you what you described is the same as my family. It was never part of it, and it has become more part of it. But even now, like there will be some wine at Christmas Eve, but on Christmas Day, yeah. we probably won't have any. Right. It's more about the kids. That's right. So and I think yeah, that's just fine. Hopefully you're not cracking something open early in the morning. Well, <laughs> you, know, you never know. I mean, holidays are stressful for well, some should... But for me, it's uh, the Irish coffee yeah. has become a big thing for us. So you are drinking in the morning. Well, that's later in the morning. It's like <laughs> oh, okay. late morning. And it's not too big. So what's your uh, holiday drink of choice? Even if it's non-alcoholic, we'll take that too. 651-461-9226. We'll uh, keep that going throughout uh, the show. But we do have uh, quick takes coming up. Uh, DJ, what do we got? Well, the Wolves are uh, uh, hot to say the least. Yes, they are. And a uh, an infamous judge has passed away. We'll talk about both of those in quick takes. Well, all that is coming up. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, News Radio 830, w- News Talk 830, WCCO. Forgot what the station. You done called. yet? Jeez, oh, I need a drink. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app, the biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams, all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives, streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 